Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. And this is Carmen and Yurko, WMVP, WSHE, HD2 Chicago, a good Karma Brands radio station. All right, away we go on this Thursday, live in our State Street studios, inching closer towards Divisional Weekend. Hopefully it's a little bit more competitive than some of the action we saw across Super Wild Card Weekend. We told you that first weekend has been all about the dogs historically, certainly in recent history, the last five to eight years. That was the case again, by and large, this past weekend. This is where it kind of balances out, and this is not nearly as good for the underdog. This is normally where the cream rises to the top. The chalk kind of moves on. We'll uh, pick Todd Furman's brain live in Vegas in about an hour and a half. We'll play McKnight at the Movies. We'll take your phone calls all day today at 312-332-3776. Glad to be with you. My friend, it is nice to see you. It's a pleasure to see you. Let's talk some football. You look spry. I can't wait. You look spry. You're wrapping up your, what, nine hours to go in your 72-hour fast? Yeah, nine hours to go. Nine hours to go. I'm 63 hours in. 63 hours in. A lot of water. Bone broth. I am impressed with my partner. Yeah, I'll get there. You feeling good? Yeah, dropped about nine pounds. Surprisingly enough. What do you mean surprisingly enough? You haven't eaten in three days. Well, you look good. I'm getting there. Stand up and do a little walk. Feeling good. Do a little dance nah, on the catwalk. Ain't no dancing. You, ain't come no on, dancing. On, on YouTube so everybody can watch. You Let look me get fabulous. There. I got some soup sitting uh, waiting for me for tonight. Dude. Nine o'clock. First thing I'm going to eat is a little soup. A little soup? Maybe some guacamole. This is like the sveltest I've seen that. you in. Nah, you've seen me svelter. It's been a long time, man. You've seen me svelter. Looking handsome and svelter. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. You're going to make it? Producing a little gas, though. I don't know what's going on. I haven't had anything but water. I think that's the water. natural cleanse. Is it? Yeah. Oh. All right. Well, I turned my microphone off, all right? Yeah, but I heard it. My microphone was off. Oh, that sounded a little Nothing juicy. Nothing I can do. It was no food. I promise you, it wasn't. Your gut microbiome is like the healthiest it's been in years right now. Yeah. I don't even know what it's supposed to do. Well, it's healthy. I just know that at some point it like goes and gets the skin cells that are kind of off. And they go get them, they get rid of them, and they create new ones. Is that right? I think that's what's happening. Apophagy, I forget, I forget the exact word. A-P-O-T-H-O-G-Y. Apophagy. That happens. Whatever that is. It's happening. I don't know what that is, but I know it's good for you. You got to drink a lot of water because it's getting the toxins out of your body. That's right. So you drink a lot of water so the liver can get it through. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Good for you, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm proud of you. Nine hours Danny ago. motivated me. Danny did. The ectomorph that he is. I love him. Trying to become a mesomorph. But I'm right now I'm an endomorph. You know what an endomorph is, right? An you kids e- study in I, school, I, we all know what an endomorph is. I know what an ectomorph is. Endomorph is a uh, fatty individual. You know that, That's Chuck? an endo? Endo. Opposite of ecto? Uh, opposite of ecto. Yeah. And meso is the one, you know, the nice physically the fit nice individual. One right in the middle? Right in the middle, yeah. Well, that makes sense. Mezzo. Me- yeah. me- that's mezzo. middle. Yeah, mezzo. Yeah, mez- me- mezzo. That's, you know. Mm-hmm. Latin middle, it makes perfect sense. But I'm here drinking a lot of water. I didn't know how b- bland water can taste after a while, you know? And, and bone broth, how sickening it actually is. I don't mind bone broth. And then I even had a little tea, just a little tea last night. That's tea. allowable? It's allowable. Okay. As long as you don't add honey, you don't add right. something Nothing like that. To it. Yeah. It's not going to add calories to it. Got but, it. Uh, on the recommendation from Danny Zetterman. Does that, that have a little tea? The, the bedside nutritionist, right? Yes, that's right. Well, which one is he? He's the bedside. He's the, the, the armchair. Nutritionist. Armchair. Sorry. Bedside nutritionist. Armchair nutritionist. Wait, can you have coffee? 
Co- black coffee. You get yeah. black coffee? I haven't had any. No, wow. No coffee. You haven't had a cup of coffee in three I days? I haven't had a cup of coffee in three days. Uh, my partner. Something you got to do, though. It's just something you got to do. You don't have to do it. You're a healthy man. I just wanted to reset. I, do, I wanted to do a little bit of a reset. And I told the guys, and the guys were mocking me at the pub. Uh, you said you were going to do it last week. You didn't do it. So at some point, I just said, screw it. Let's do it. You're going to put it in play. Screw it. Let's do it. I'm Good putting a three-day fast into play. Make and he, those guys eat their words. Here I am. That's that's right. Who's proud of Yurko? Come on, round of applause. I Good am. for you. The, the only guy that needs to be proud of me, and I'm glad you are. But I am. I, it's me. All me. Right, well, good for you. Because I achieved something I set my mind to. Yeah, you're good at that, though. You can do that. I'm stubborn. I'm not going to say who, but someone did say. No wonder he sounds so tired. Who said that? No, I'm not saying. Sources. He doesn't sound tired. Not on the air. Not he on was, the air. We were just in, in the, the elevator. Meeting. I was the on meeting. the elevator with him on the way down. Lethargy. There was a controlled lean. Like, oh, there yeah. was definitely no. a hand on the, and like the, I don't know, kid. Oh, like, it was the look I got was an I don't yeah. know, kid. He's, he's, I don't know, kid. He's exaggerating <laughs> for effect. That's all. He's doing just fine. He's been great on the air. It's football season, though. It's your. It's easy it for your to be great on the air during. Football I can't season. wait. I, I can't wait to break down the Cubs. Oh and, really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Liar. Come February, middle of February, liar. when pitchers and catchers report. You're a liar. When uh, Jed Hoyer's done making moves, the move maker that he is. Yeah, you're so Trader funny. Jed. You're so. Full I of can't it. wait. I'm so excited. What's Peter Crow Armstrong going to do? Pete Crow Armstrong. Where are they going to put him at? I'm. I'm so excited. This Michael Bush character. He's got a chance so to be your third baseman. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that. We'll cross so, that bridge. But I'm not in so excited while. for it. You can't say I'm not excited. Oh, you're full of it. You're not. The excited. White Sox may be moving, not to Nashville, unfortunately. Maybe to the South. You never Loop. know. They'll take 12 years. There are two new names uh, that have emerged as Bears candidates Uh-oh. for offensive coordinator. They are Rams passing game coordinator Zach Robinson and Eagles assistant and former Colts OC OC, excuse me, Marcus Brady, who's got ties to Frank Reich and. Matt Eberflus, with the exception of Greg Roman, all of these guys have connections to McVeigh and Shanahan, which I think is good. Now, the last guy did two in a roundabout way, more directly with LaFleur, but I think it's good. I think those are the guys you should be targeting. I think there are guys off of that tree that are, are already having success in the NFL. And that's good. Does this give us any sort of indication on which way they might be thinking about their quarterback position, though? Where they already had a West Coast guy in here. It didn't really work out with Justin. If they're looking at the McVay-Shanahan tree, does it mean they are going to pivot away from Justin and find someone that can better operate within the pocket and operate the system that they would bring, which is probably going to mirror what the Niners and the Rams do? Should we be gleaning anything from the list of candidates, Yerk? I I think if they hired somebody that had been associated with Lamar Jackson or Colin Kaepernick or Jim Harbaugh, I think that'd be a definitive sign that they were leaning toward keeping Justin Fields. I think if they hire anybody else as an offense coordinator, it doesn't actually dictate anything. Really? Yeah. That it's all still open and I everything's think it's on the table. it's all still open. It's time that keeping Justin is right. still here and trading Justin and maybe drafting a quarterback in the first round uh, is a possibility. I think anybody but, like, say, Greg Roman mm-hmm. and anybody that may have worked with Colin Kaepernick in the past, and that's Greg Roman, too. Yes. 
If they take if they take Greg Roman, they're keeping Justin Fields for sure. If it's anybody else, I think it's wide it's open. It's a little bit more yeah, wide open. It's wide open. Which doesn't mean they're not going to keep him. It just means it's a little more wide it's open. A little bit more it doesn't open. tell you anything, really, if they go another direction. Uh, yesterday, Brock Heward was on the station with Waddle and Sylvie. I like Brock. I think he's a good analyst. Does a lot of media, a lot of radio uh, back out in Seattle. His brother is on the staff at U.S. I'm assuming that's Damon, Adam. Is that right? Is it Damon Heward? Or yes. Do you have another brother that yeah, I want to wear? Okay. Yards. So Damon is on the staff. He's on Lincoln Riley's staff at USC. Obviously knows Caleb Williams very well. But I want to play a few things that Brock Heward said with Waddle and Sylvie about Caleb, about Justin, about the pick. Here's Brock Heward talking about what the Bears should do with that number one overall pick come April. Your team should be built in the image of the Baltimore Ravens. There's a reason for 40 years it's been hard to play quarterback because that's a tough place to throw the ball. And I, you, you, you've built a, a pretty terrific defense. But, you know, to me, that is Bully Ball 101. That environment should be Bully Ball 101. You should play to your environment and your surroundings and get back to being the biggest, nastiest bully on the block. And this is a draft that is loaded, loaded with offensive linemen. And I don't know all your needs like you guys do. You know it up close and personal. You see it. You've lived with some of the struggles and the mediocrity. But it sure appears to me you got a defensive-minded head coach that's got a lot of his defensive pieces in place. Now go capitalize like crazy on this draft capital you have to build that bully. Tight end, tackle, guard, running back. I think in Justin Fields, you've got an amazing dual-threat guy. So tell me why that team can't be built in the image of that team out in Baltimore. As much as I like Brock Heward, I don't like what he's selling, and I'll tell you why. By the way, it's not Damon. I just sort of assumed it was Damon. His brother yeah. you know, played a long time in the NFL. It's a Heward I've never heard of. Did Luke also play in the NFL? I don't I, remember that I'm name. not familiar. So it's Luke Heward. Anyway, I, th- I just sort of assumed. That's why you shouldn't assume. Adam fact-checked me, and it is indeed not Damon Heward. It's Luke Heward. So there you go. Uh, anyway. Here's what I'm not buying. And I like Brock a lot. We're gonna play I, I, I know what you're not buying. Old do, school do, football. Do, does Green Bay play bully ball? Or did Green Bay have Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love now? Does Kansas City play bully ball? Do they have one of the best? Do they have maybe the best passer in the history of the league that they're winning with in Kansas City? Pittsburgh, maybe you could argue, has always sort of played that style. They also had an elite passer in Ben Roethlisberger for a decade and a half. I don't buy it. And I bet you, it's why, you know, when we're always wondering, why can't the Bears do it? Why haven't they found anyone? Because they're stuck in the past. What did New England play? New England played with Tom Brady. Yep. And he was the one making the big throws. I don't buy it for one second. And it's probably what has sunk the Bears more than anything else. We've got to run the ball and play defense. And that's why they're in the position they're in. So I don't buy that for one second. Well, what they've been able to do. So here's the problem when you play bully ball. If you fall behind, bully ball doesn't really work. Yeah, ask the Titans about bully ball. Yeah, and what, what KC did to him. Is it what KC did to him when yes. they got to the lead? And they had no, to run. Uh, that was Who Houston. did that? It was Houston. Yeah. They got into the lead, right? And you correct me on that before. Yeah, it was Houston. And then all of a sudden they stacked the line of scrimmage and said, we're not going to allow you to run. you got to throw the ball, and they couldn't throw the ball. The next week, Tennessee did go in there and have a lead again. Not yeah. as big of a lead, but they were up like 10. And KC, of course, came back and won and then went and won the Super Bowl. So here's your problem. If you don't have a quarterback that can bring you back from a deficit, that's your problem. I, I believe Green Bay ran the ball well. You know, when they had Brett Favre and they had Aaron Rodgers, they're always well. I'm on green. I mean, you think about the running backs that they had. Their screen game was always great. Screen game game was was great. great. Obviously, an extension of the run game. Uh, 
But they had elite passers and playmakers. They did have passers that could get you at third and 12. They could get you at third and 12. It wasn't impossible at third and 12. You weren't throwing a slip screen on third and 12. You were throwing the ball downfield with man routes, with big boy routes. You were going down the field with big boy routes, making completions when you absolutely had to. And you you see it when the Bears do get in trouble. They fall behind. And now they got to find a way to make a comeback. And I'm not talking about a three point deficit. You can you can work with that. You can work in your offense with a seven point deficit. You start getting down ten or more. That's when it becomes a problem for you. And how long can you stay patient with your running game if you're not going to do something else, or you don't have a quarterback that can do something else? Yeah, I just I I have a hard time wrapping my head around that one. Like we, you got to play like it's and old. It doesn't school get and... bad here until January. We 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 know that. The whole season goes by. You don't have to play bully ball. But the way this coach wants to play, he wants to possess the ball. He wants to take away possessions from the other team because they can't score if they don't have the ball. Right? Yeah. Take away possessions from the other team. He wants to force turnovers to get yourself extra possessions. This is the way this coach plays. And for an extended period of time in the NFL, this it worked. It worked. Except you need to have a quarterback at the very least then complete big balls on third down. Or I mean, find ways to get first downs. In one of the five coldest games in NFL history just a week ago, what did Patrick Mahomes say when he stepped to the podium and they asked him about how much they came out throwing and how much he threw the ball? He said, you have to in this league. You can't just sit and run the ball and expect to win in the NFL. You can't. You have to throw the ball to win. So I don't buy that at all. And if that's the reason for keeping Justin Fields, like build... Some sort of a uh, what? I mean, I, I'm all for great defense. Don't get me wrong. I I love a, the good. The great teams are normally the balanced teams, the teams that can really be dynamic on offense, and the teams that can play good defense and sack the quarterback. I love that. I'm fine with that. But this idea that you got to go back to the way they you know play some sort of 1960 styles Bears football. How's that work for them the last four decades? Here was Brock Heward uh, when asked, should the Bears build around Justin? He's expounding on this. Here From afar, that is what I would say. And, and I, again, I don't know all the ins and outs. And so much of this has nothing to do with how you throw a football. It really doesn't. I think I'm f- just falling on that more and more the longer I do this and around all these because there are so many youngsters that can spin a football. Waddle, you, you've seen it. I guarantee you there are guys in high school around the country that spin the football a whole lot better than dudes you played pro ball with in the 80s and 90s. I mean, it's just... So I've seen the most beautiful arm. I've seen the greatest talent. I've seen the greatest athlete. I've seen all of this stuff. But just give me the the leader of men. And that's what I don't know. I'm not in that facility. I don't sit down and, and know the relationships like you guys do. You tell me. Is he a leader of men? Does he walk into that team room, the offensive meeting room on the practice field? Oh, he's very well liked and very well respected. There's no question about that. Mitch was well liked. I like... Yeah, he could be well liked. He said a leader, though. That's the difference. Nobody. Mitch wasn't well-liked a leader. Doesn't mean anything. I'm asking, was he a leader? You saw him. You saw his play. You saw his demeanor. You saw his mannerisms. Mitch did did Mitch? Mitch have the amount of current and former players saying, "No, hey, we"? Because I remember being at the Super Bowl with Waddle and Sylvie and trying to go talk to Steve Smith, and he said, "No." You talk to me when you get a real quarterback. Was, was Alex Smith? I know I remember that. Was Alex Smith a leader? 
as far as you can tell, thinking well, about I mean, Alex, Alex Smith's Smith career. had gone to the playoffs. A bunch. Yeah. That's my point. Yes. Guess, guess what Andy Reid and the Chiefs did? They drafted a quarterback. And they benched him. Yeah. They benched because him in the second year. Yeah. They didn't bench him in no, the first but, but year. They, but they moved on. They traded him. After a playoff year. They traded him. Because they felt like Mahomes was going to be the guy that would take them the next step. Yes. Were they right? They were right with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Absolutely. Alex Smith, by all accounts, was a fantastic teammate and leader. Did Kansas City see an opportunity to get better? They did. Okay, was Washington right by letting Kerry, uh, letting uh, Kirk Cousins go? They weren't. They haven't been able no. to replace him at quarterback. He was the best but quarterback I, they had. Yeah. How much success did they have with Kirk, though, really? Well, they were getting there. Like any building team, you're, you're getting there. Your quarterbacks, he had those fantastic uh, comebacks where they were getting it done. How do you like me now? You remember that? Of How course. do you like me now? The point is, they identified him. They said, no, he went to Minnesota. He's won playoff games. He played, uh, he started one playoff game for Washington. I get you. But he got him there. How old was he? How many years was he there? 27. He was there for, uh, oh, my bad. Hold on. It's okay. So Kirk's one, two, three, four, five, six years. He started one playoff game in six years. Six years. So they never really gave him the contract. They gave him the franchise tag for the one year. Twice, didn't they? Didn't they do? So they said, okay, we're going to pay you like you're a good quarterback, but we don't want to extend you and give you the contract. He finally did. You look at the team. You tell me what the team was like back then. Um, there he goes. He goes up there, but he's at least he's gone to Minnesota and played playoff games. He's led that team to the playoffs. Well, he's been much better in Minnesota. I, yeah. I can't argue with you there. Right. But that's but where, I mean, I think, I that's think an teams, argument that could be made. They're, they why they give up on that quarterback? That, that quarterback went someplace else and, and mm. is blown up. Okay, you know? yeah. All right. I so see I'm just saying, saying it's a counter to your point. I see what with, you're saying with Mahomes and with. But, uh, but aren't there? But is it a reason to stick with a quarterback only because he's a good leader? I guess is what I'm. Well, he's got to be an effective asking. player, also. Yes, he also has to be an effective. I player. think that's a huge part of the yeah. equation. Uh, now here's Brock talking about what he likes about Caleb. And again, his brother Luke is on the staff at USC. Here's what he likes. And he sees Caleb Williams a lot. He's at in Pac-12 country. This is what he likes about Caleb Williams. Well, what everybody likes is just a playmaking ability and movement skills in and around the pocket that are just silly. And I also had Lamar Jackson, his very first start. And I remember Petrino at that time telling me, I don't know what this kid's going to do, but you've never seen somebody run like he can. And it's just a different gear. And, and then they played, I believe, Florida State, and he was running away from them. And I was like, this dude's just different. You see Caleb, he's just different. His strength, you know, his, as I said, his power. You, you're going to see him at the combine in his shorts. I don't know. He'll probably not run or do much there. But when you see him, you're just like, man, this guy is an un, a truly. I mean, he's an elite, elite, elite athlete. And there's great athletes coming out. Jaden Daniels is a great athlete. You know, there have been great athletes. This dude is an elite athlete. And that's why he can just make those guys look so silly on a football field, no matter who's rushing them. Harder to do with grown men. Harder to do in the NFL, harder to do with less space, the hash marks and everything that just condenses everything into a, a phone booth. But that is his going away talent. The, the, the learning curve is, is just going to be playing on time and rhythm. Uh, there's some good points there about the transition from college to pro. And no matter how great of an athlete you are, there's an adjustment and there's a step up in class for sure. I like that he brought up the dimensions on the field a little bit too and how certain things change. 
but Caleb is an elite athlete. How about the personality? Everybody wants to know. Here's Brock Hewitt on the personality. Yeah, I think this year was a little harder, I'll be honest. You know, I think when he ascended, it's always harder to handle prosperity and success. Um, my brother's on staff there at USC as well, so I, I've got quite a bit of background on this. And I'll tell you the one thing uh, that they loved about that dude is he treated everybody incredible. And that's not always the case in Gen Z, especially when they get a lot of stuff handed to them or have earned. Let me rephrase that because he earned all of that NIL and everything that came in all those accolades. But he treated people incredibly well. He was generous. And we don't talk about that very much with quarterbacks. But again, away from my whole like spinning a football, how are you as a human? How do dudes get around? You know, are you just generous in your time and your gifts and, and giving people, you know, like he gives it away. So those things are really, really cool. I think this year handling prosperity was hard. It was hard. I, I, I don't, you know, there was a little drama at times. I don't know if I, you know, love the crying in front of the cameras, even though they tried to hide his face and do all that stuff. Um, he's real. I mean, he's a real dude. He doesn't try to fake it. Um, But this year, I think, was much, much more challenging, which should only get him ready for the NFL, man. So some positive things there about his personality. Again, there's a connection because his brother uh, is on staff with Lincoln Riley at USC. So uh, it's good to hear that he seems to be somewhat down to earth and that the kids in the program like and respect him, that he treats people fairly, if that matters. And and I guess it does when you're putting everything together to try to figure out how – you're going to handle this if you're the Bears or any other team. I suppose I do think some of that matters. It's usually the real hard stuff that's like, you know, anybody could probably put on the tape and, and see things and analyze, but it's really hard to know what, you know, what's inside, what's going to happen when he gets pushed, when he gets knocked down. You know, what's the intestinal fortitude like that you always talk about? Like, it is hard, I think, to uncover some of that. It's why guys fail. It's why teams miss, quite frankly. The intangibles. The yeah, 20% that you don't know about it's a hard. player. It's really hard. Yeah, 80% you can get, but the 20% is the difference maker. And, and that's the, isn't it funny? The smaller percentage can be yep. all the difference, Eric. Like, between prosperity and failure. Right, I mean, like that—that yeah. that small percentage. It's the way one reacts to right. You call you talked about adversity, right? When when you get punched in the mouth, how do you react? Right. And got you know, and like it is. It's hard to figure out, and it's why teams fail as often as they do. It's why high draft picks fail as often as they do, and you know, it's why the Bears have had so many mistakes and missteps over the years. And I, I just hope this time they they analyze everything properly, correctly, and they figure it out and they do it right. Let's get out to the phones, 312-332-3776, if you want to ring us up. Matt's in Arlington Heights. Hey, Matt. Hi, guys. Good afternoon. Um, just wanted to make a comment and, and get your thoughts on this. You know, obviously we've been talking about that number one pick and the consideration for a quarterback there. You know, the reality is is that obviously at the end of the day, it's got to be Ryan Poles' decision in terms of his gut. And if that – you know, if, if any of those guys he has any doubt about whether they are the guy, he's going to have to stick with Justin Fields. I don't think you can go with a, any doubt. But I guess the question I was going to ask you guys is, is there any realistic possibility that the Bears potentially stay with Justin Fields, trade down and consider something such as like a J.J. McCarthy, you know, later in the first or early in the second, if they have him one of those extra picks, they get in a trade down scenario to kind of hedge a little bit to say, we bring in Greg Roman or somebody like that to see if Justin Fields has one last chance to kind of take a step forward. And if not, you have that opportunity to see, you know, if, if, if J.J. McCarthy or somebody like that may be someone that could be 
they could develop behind him if it doesn't work out with, with Fields. And I can hang up and listen to your call. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Matt. I think it's a possibility. Yurko's talked about it a lot. Bo Nix is the name you've brought up probably more than yeah, any other. More than any other. If you identify one later, and that's where you're going to get your quarterback. At the very least, the you got to pick somebody. You got to pick somebody. So pick somebody somewhere. At the very least. Yes. I do think they'll take quarterback this year. Just I, where will they take the quarterback yeah, this year? I don't see how you can't. You know, we were talking about earlier in the week, like, why don't they take more swings at that position? Jacob Nitzberg and the uh, ESPN Stats and Info crew did a little research for us, Yurko. Yes. They didn't include, I, 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 had, the, I had them start at 2000. Probably could have gone all the way back to the 90s, but we know you've documented Green yeah. Bay and all that. Yeah. This is just since 2000. So it's a lot of drafts. 23, 24, 24 drafts. Uh, this is uh, by team one through 32, the teams that picked the most just total number of quarterbacks. All right. Uh, it might surprise you that a team that's picked a whole heck of a lot still hasn't figured it out. They stink. The Jets, the Jets have selected in that time frame, York, 13 quarterbacks that's tied for the league lead with the 49ers. And this is what's amazing to me. The Patriots, and you think about who their quarterback was for 20 frickin' years. The Patriots still drafted 13 quarterbacks over that time span year. The Broncos and the, uh, and the, and the Commanders are uh, tied for fourth with 12 selections. And the Browns and the Ravens with 11. To find the Bears, you go all the way down to 21. Bears have selected only eight quarterbacks over that span. And it's why we've talked about their you know, some of their failure might be they just haven't taken enough swings at that position. In terms of pick value, they also gave me sort of a breakdown Ooh. based off their pick value metric. Sure. The Jets, again, and they've picked so many like near the top of the draft. Uh, number one, in terms of what they've spent in pick value, the Browns are two, the Jags are three, the Texans are four. The Niners are five. The Bears are 17th, actually, so a little bit higher than just the raw number in terms of what they've spent on, on capital or pick value, right, pick value in trying to find that quarterback that they still haven't found. So we talk about taking more swings, and I'm with you. At the very least, you got to come out of this draft with a quarterback. It'd be insane if they didn't. And if that's moving back and getting J.J. McCarthy or Bo Nick somewhere else, Okay, so be it. That's the way it is. But you better come out of this with a quarterback. Uh, where do you want to go? Let's go to Al. Al's our resident uh, Chiefs expert because he loves Kansas City. He loves the Kansas City Chiefs. He's in Portage Park. What's going on, Al? Hey, hello, fellas. Thanks for taking my call. You got it. Hey, uh, so, Carm, a little bit ago you had, you had kind of made a comparison between what the Chiefs did with Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes to maybe what the Bears might need to do. And, um... I just don't think it's a fair comparison, Carm. Um, you know, the uh, Mahomes, when he joined the Chiefs, they were 12 and 14 when he got drafted. That year he sat. Uh, they were 10 and 6 that year. And, and then they, they made the decision to start him the next year, trade Alex Smith. But the Chiefs were winning a lot of games in, in that era. They had been to the playoffs, I think, like three, four years in a row because yeah. of Alex Smith and yeah. Andy Reid. And the reason I say I don't know that it's a fair comparison with the Bears because the Chiefs had arrived at something at that point, and then they, you know, well, felt like yeah, I know. But Al, that's the point. They it was based off what Brock Hewitt said about who's a great leader. I think Alex Smith was pretty well liked and considered a leader. 
and the Kansas City Chiefs didn't care. They changed quarterbacks. Well, yeah, but I mean, they. I guess what I'm saying, Carm, is that the Bears haven't arrived at anything. I mean, the Bears were a three-win team, and then they were a seven-win team, and you know, and now they've got you know a lot so, of draft capital. So does that mean know, they and, should keep Justin because they haven't arrived at anything? They should keep Justin. I don't know if I get that. Well, I guess you know what I think. You know, you might give them another year. You know, I'm sure they're going to add things around. You know, whether they trade, whether they take the pick at one, or whatever they do. But I don't know that. You know, it's not. I don't know that you can compare it to where the Chiefs were at that time. Because the Chiefs were, you know, a playoff team, and they were on the cusp of, you know, getting to the Super Bowl, and they felt like Smith couldn't get it done for them. Right. And I guess I, I maybe forget about like comparing the team then, Al. And thanks for calling, Al. Just compare the situation and this idea that well, because he's a great leader, you have to continue to ride with him. I'm giving you a very recent point, and I'm sure we could find plenty more where teams change personnel because they feel they can upgrade, regardless of how good or bad of a leader the guy who was previously sitting in the chair is or was. That That's my point. To simply say, yeah, but they like Justin and he's a good leader, let's just keep him. I don't think good organizations would do that. Maybe Aaron Rodgers is a bad example because I don't know that he's that well liked. I don't know, but I think team. I think, uh, I think it was well respected. I, th- I, I think so. You don't have to and be liked can, to be respected. I, I think so. Did the Packers care? No, they got to a point where they said we don't care anymore. We believe in Jordan Love, and we're going to change quarterbacks. Like if if the Chiefs can do it from Alex Smith, who continued to take them to the playoffs. If the freaking Packers could do it with one of the maybe five or six greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game, well, they did it twice. They did it twice. They Why it twice. can't the Bears do it? But they with aged Justin them out. Field. They aged him out. It's different with a thirty-five-year-old quarterback and a kid that's twenty-five. But Aaron was still playing at a pretty high level. But, but again, aged out. Remember, three years before they drafted Aaron Rodgers, knowing that at some point Brett Favre was getting old. They looked at the charts and they said, "Okay, when do quarterbacks start dropping off?" Now, whether it, Favre was dropping off or not because he played a couple more three years. Well, he had another crazy good year from when yes. he went to Minnesota, right. remember? So, I mean, I, th- I think the point is those guys raged out. Hmm. They looked at the charts. Okay. When do quarterbacks drop off? We drafted a quarterback. We waited three years. Now we have to make a decision. Okay. We have to pay our quarterback that we drafted in the first round or we've got to move on from the quarterback that we have. And they chose in both instances to move on from the quarterback that they had. Mm. But age was certainly a factor in both of those. Not necessarily play, but age going over to historic charts where you looked at guys and said, when did, when did Peyton Manning drop off? Yeah, when all that neck injury. After the neck injury, and then he came yeah. back and he couldn't even get the ball down the field. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's what bo- uh, the Packers were looking at. A guy's getting old. So that's a different older, situation than the Bears. You're diminishing right. returns. It falls off the cliff. Once it goes, it goes forever. Mm. And they decided to be pro- uh, proactive instead of reactive when that was going to happen. Okay. Now, I give them and all the credit in the world for being able yeah. to do it. And it's different because the Bears aren't dealing with an old quarterback. That's fair. Right. But I just there are plenty of examples, I think, where teams assess their situation. And if they can upgrade, they'll upgrade. And... I don't know why we're so wrapped up in, yeah, but his teammates like him. Well, okay, I mean, that's great, but if you're upgrading and you're getting someone Listen, better... They almost replaced Favre in 94 when they put Brunel in the game. I know. So that almost happened in 94. That almost happened early, where they were considering, should we put Brunel in the game? Uh, we got full phone lines, and we'll take all your calls. 
Only guest is about an hour from now when we go to Vegas and talk to Todd Furman. We will play McKnight at the Movies a little bit later on. It's Carmen and York. We'll be right back. Working from home? We're back in the office. Don't miss a minute of Carmen and Yurko. Just ask your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. Hope everyone's having a great Thursday. Grab some Bears calls. If you want to pick our brain about the Divisional Weekend, we'll do a little of that today. Also, I'll go around all the games with Yurko tomorrow, get his picks. Todd Furman will break down each game with us coming up at 135. Randy's in Seattle. Hello, Randy. Hello, So, um, before I get into a, a Bears topic, yeah, I just want to know, Carmen, have you ever seen the movie Babylon? No. I'm not going to recommend it as a great movie. It's a little weird. It's a little bizarre. But the reason I'm bringing it up to you is if you're a Margot Robbie fan, yes. it might be worth a view. Who isn't? All right, Babylon. Yeah. I don't think I've even heard of it. What is it? Babylon. It's, it's, it's a, a bizarre thriller. movie, and it's never going to win an award, but okay. what the hell. All right. Shay uh, like loves Robbie. Babylon. Who does? Shay loved does? Babylon. Babylon. It was yeah. Damien Chazelle who did yeah. Ooh, I like Damien La La Chazelle. Yeah. 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 All right, I'll try it. I mean, how did I miss this movie? This is from last year or two years ago. I don't know how I missed it. I like the cast. I like, wow, Brad Pitt. Uh, Got a ton of people in it. Okay, I'll give it a try. Thanks, uh, Randy. Three hours and nine minutes. What? That's why yeah, you didn't notice really it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Three hours. That's and why nine you, minutes. You'd like to ignore it. It's got Wait, a lot of debauchery in it too. What? Why didn't you see this one yet, Carm? <laughs> That's crazy. Adam is right. <laughs> That's insane. Adam is right. All right, I'll give it a shot. All right. So uh, this is going to be a torturous time of the year for the next couple of months because the two words I'm really tired of hearing are Justin Fields. But they're two words we're not going to get away from for quite some time. So I'm going to put this in perspective, uh, sort of, for all of the knuckleheads that comprise the Fields fanatics. I mean, you have no idea how many times in listening to your show and Wild and Sylvie and Black and Abdallah, I'm hearing the callers coming in, and I'm flipping off my phone or my radio, whatever I'm listening to, and I'm saying, what an idiot! because of how they view Justin Fields. And no matter what, you'll never convince them otherwise. But here's a perspective, two things. Number one, you cannot win because of him, okay? He won't be the reason you win. Therefore, you can't win with him at the NFL level. And the second thing is, maybe this will help a little bit. So you guys know that I'm a handball player. Mm -hmm. Do you know what the difference between an A player and a B player is? A B player will occasionally make a really great shot. And you look at it and you say, man, that was a great shot. But he does it occasionally. The A player does it most of the time. That's the difference. Justin Fields is a B player. All right, he, Randy. Uh, uh, that's just one perspective. Yeah. Uh, Randy, thanks, buddy. Um, there have been times watching Justin Fields is very frustrating. There have been times I've watched Justin Fields play, and I say he's worse than Mitch Trubisky. Oh. There have been. There have been times I've said that. And then there have been times when he made that corner throw to D.J. Moore. I know. And he made some of them throws. And I'm like, no, this guy's got it. Is that Randy's point, though? This guy's got it. The A player does it more consistently. I don't know. I'm just saying this guy's got it. He just hasn't made uh, 10 of those throws in the same game. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. He hasn't made 10 throws in the same game that make you go, Mm -hmm. he's got it. Mm -hmm. See two here. See a game go off the, the rails. Then I see a, a play the next game. 
then you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's too far and infrequent. He's got it. It's there. He's got the ability to make the throw. Sure, of course. It's there. I don't doubt his ability. Them times when it when them times when it's frustrating, it's very frustrating. Yeah. I don't doubt leading his ability. I don't doubt his ability. Leading me to make the statement to myself. Oof. I mean, I made the statement to myself. That's a bad statement. I said I I've said to myself watching Gango, he is worse than Trubisky. Oof. Okay? But then he's made the throws and I'm like, all right, here he is. I know he can do it. He can do it. He's, ooh, ooh, Trubisky. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Ralph's on the northwest side. Hey Ralph. Hey guys, <clears throat> excuse me. Hey guys. Hey. So I got a comment and then a question to ask you guys. Yeah. First of all, preface that I'm not a Justin Fields fan. All I'm saying is that, and even Randy, this is addressing Randy. How could anybody judge a younger? And I know he's been in the league three years now, but what has he played with as far as offensive talent? And if anybody tries to tell me how much better this offensive line is this year. As far as pass protecting, look at the last game against Green Bay. That was a bad look. Yeah, yeah, he couldn't even set up, and he was running for his life. It was a bad why look. Did, why did he rush for over was a thousand yards last year? Because they couldn't pass protect for this guy, and he couldn't. He, he had no receivers to throw to. So my my comment is this: I don't know if, if Justin Fields is going to be a, a, a good or a great quarterback, but I can't see how anybody else could judge that yet. I, I, my my and my question to you guys is this. Now, without without making no no upgrades on the offensive line, and we drafted Caleb Williams, do you think Caleb Williams would be scarred like I believe Justin uh, um, Fields was by playing with this offensive line? Because I'm telling you, I it's think that's f- what happened to Justin Fields. It may have been what happened to Trubisky and all the rest. Uh, name the three leading receivers in Green Bay. Oh yeah, no, there's no doubt. I mean, N- name but, the but, leading receiver in Houston. But but hey, here's my point. Did we even come close to the quarterback on Green and Green Bay on that last game with our with our defensive yeah, guys? We're, yeah, we're now we're we're but we we're getting into sack. something else now too. Well, but no, no, like no, you, when not, you talk well, about no weapons, DJ Moore had fourteen. DJ Moore had fourteen hundred yards. His tight end had seven touchdown receptions, I believe. You paid him handsomely in the offseason because you believe in him. I'm still struggling to try, to understand that the Bears don't have weapons. I'm just. Well, I, I'm struggling not, to understand it. I really am. It's not weapons. You it's said it, didn't you? Didn't you, didn't you say until what? Didn't you start by saying until he? Get, what was your first line? Uh, but before, well, here it was about I, the it, me, the weapons the that it, the people line. that he's got to throw to. It's the offensive. Well, the last year was this year was was it better or not? Because we got a, a number one receiver. His, his QBR but, his QBR was better last year than it was this year. But that's because we hardly threw the football last year. We were a running team. We led the league in rushing because no, we knew could we could protect the quarterback. I don't know how. I don't know how that. I don't know how QBR does it. Like and Ralph, thanks, buddy. I don't know how QBR does. Like I don't know all the inputs. In full disclosure, Ralph might be right. It could have been better last year because of the running. I'm assuming that's part of the input, right? For QBR, it's got to be. Yeah. So Ralph's probably right about that. That the that the that it's you know what I'm saying, York? That it spiked a little because the the running was so sensational last year. I'm just right? trying like to in see total how, QBR. There were 513. I just don't know all the inputs. I got you. 513 pass attempts this year. Okay. Five, for Justin at 513. 513. That doesn't mean now. Everybody, take a deep breath. And what year is this? 2022 regular season. 
Yeah. There were 377 pass attempts. So there were a lot less in 2022. In 2022, and there was much less. more running. Right, much more running. Yeah. They had 558 total carries last year. This evens out to only 900 some odd plays. Let me get back here and let me tell you how many more plays the Bears had this year. 23. Thank you. 513 and 534. The Bears had over 1,000 plays. They had over 100 more plays. 100 more plays. They ran the ball 534 times, almost as much as last year. They threw the ball for 140 more times. Okay. Or 136 Uh, more times. And Ralph, listen, they they still have to upgrade that line. I get it. Well, I, but okay. people make it sound like every line in the NFL on a, on like a team that's in the playoffs is the best ever. Can I like do I we? Agree I mean, you. you know, like the Bears, they were still bottom third. They were they weren't long, last. They weren't bottom five in pass long, block win rate. How long but, does the quarterback hold the ball? Where is he in that stat? Justin holds it more than anybody. The most, the most, the most. So there you go. But people make it sound like nobody else ever has O-line issues. But let's, just, let's just go through I mean, this, all right? I, I love it. Like, they, well, you got to get him an O-line. I are mean, they moving on from Darnell Wright? No. no. Are they moving on from Nate Davis? No. No. They're getting a new center, right? They're getting a For new center. Sure. Okay. Are they getting rid of Tevin Jenkins? I don't think I, so. I think okay. they're going to keep them. I, I, I have a strong feeling they're going to keep Braxton Jones. I think you're right. Well, because only because they love him. They love him, and he only <laughs> cost you a million dollars. But the point right. is that, like, yes. this, and Yurko, you can talk to this more than any of us can. Cause, I mean, do. defensive line, offensive line. It takes time. Like, you can't just be like, oh, well, this guy's bad. Let's plug in a new guy. Guys, yeah. the, the, how many games did this O-line play together? As a cohesive unit together. Uh, probably not that many. everyone not, healthy. Not that many. Down the stretch be- they did. And I bet yeah, you, but- if you look at those games, they're probably the games where the quarterback had some of their best games. Where they were playing together. They didn't even have him in training camp, guys. They didn't have no. Nate Davis for all of training camp. And they're right. joking. And the, the training first two games, games right? that they had. They didn't have yeah. him for the first two games either. Well, nobody played against Indianapolis. No. Well, yeah. No, oh, I meant the first two games of the regular season. season. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Remember, nobody played because this team is a... Oh, <laughs> This is a Hall of Fame team. That's right. Nobody right. had to play in the preseason. All right, we'll take another break. We got more phone calls coming up. 312-332-ESPN. And what else did I want to talk to you about? We got a lot of NFL stuff today, Yurko. Then let's do it, baby. Yeah, we'll just keep talking. I'm NFL. not worried about nothing. Let's talk NFL. We got to work on the Immaculate Grid, too. We'll be right back. Zoning out on that Zoom meeting? Zoom, 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 Zoom. Find out what Carmen and Yurko were talking about. Tell your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. I have a very urgent news story. I think think we should. Should we hit the sound? Is it sound worthy? I think it is. Is it? Yeah. It's just, it's more of a... No, it is. I it think is. it is. Because of the ramifications. The ramifications? I, All right. I would play Give it. Give me the, right. sounder. Cue the sounder. Three, two, one. Sounder. This is breaking news on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000. All right. You know what? Maybe we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. No, let's do it. it it'll be huge news. Huge. If it happens. And I mean Huge. It'll be monumental. And we'll we'll explain why. But Adam Schefter is reporting that Cliff Kingsbury will interview in Lake Forest for the Bears' OC job. And why is that important? And why that is important, why it could be huge if we learn like a week from now or over the weekend that they hire Cliff Kingsbury is because Cliff Kingsbury, after getting fired in Arizona, joined Southern Cal's staff 
with Lincoln Riley USC. this past season. And coached. He, he, he is like a senior offensive assistant. I got you. Is, I don't even know if they consider him like on the coaching staff. He's basically just a, he was a, getting paid a anyway. collaborator. And, yes. Right. He was getting paid by Arizona anyway. Came in, got a title. Yes. Probably uh, yeah, ate at training table or something like that. You know what I'm saying? But he spent the year with Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams at USC. This could be huge. If he gets the job, it would be, it'll send, I mean, people are going to lose no, their minds. There will be minds. ramifications. They're going to lose their minds. So Schefter says Cliff Kingsbury will indeed interview for the Bears OC. This job. will send waves and oscillations through the world. What if he comes in and he goes, guys, no. <laughs> Don't take him. <laughs> well, it, like, that might fine. happen. Like, hey. if he comes in and he goes, nope. Okay. I mean, <laughs> aren't you finding a guy who can Absolutely. help you identify? At least you, you at least have to interview him. That's Boy. why, if nothing else, why you do interview him to gather yeah. more information on that's, Caleb. That's why it's monumental and it deserves the sounder. It's probably why, at the very least, you need to interview him. And that might be it. Here's why I think this is a long shot. Is Matt Eberflus really going to hire an offensive coordinator with Cliff Kingsbury's track record. Like, you could say how much he flamed out, but he's been a head coach in this league, and he's probably going to coach again. If you got big, crusty ones, yeah. You'd really have to have big, crusty ones. If you feel that this team is on the verge of taking that next step, and you've got no problems bringing a guy in with some gravitas. That's ballsy, man. Like, that would take some big balls. But, but guys, hold on. Hold on. But, guys, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's Bill from uh, Downers Grove. What, what hey, happens Bill. if uh, they bring in this uh, Kingsbury and uh, Caleb and they play really well and then he leaves and takes that coaching job? Then we're back at square one, huh? That's I'll true, hang Bill. up and listen for my answer, well, okay? That's true, Bill, yes. But it, I'm telling you, it would take some balls on Matt Eberflus to be big confident in himself to bring him in. Now, to me, that's why it probably won't happen. And I'm not saying he doesn't have big balls, but like coaches are smart. Like that'd be tricky. I think at the very least you're doing this because you are absolutely picking his brain on Caleb Williams. One hundred and fifty percent. It makes total I sense. Think, I think you said it best at the beginning. The hiring of him would be enormous. Is, is more yes. you know, got more weight yeah. than just the interviewing of him. But yes. If the hiring of him comes along, wow, that does mean something. I do think it's smart to at least interview him and pick his brain on. I'll pick his brain on Caleb Chase on the South Side. Hey Chase. Hey, fellas, um, how you guys doing? Good man, I'm doing good. What's happening? Yeah, so um, yeah, so I was just thinking of something, right? Um, you know, I was, you know, I was listening to the interview yesterday. And, you know, I know he was talking about the Bears should keep with Fields and everything, and he was talking about the running. But, you know, those running things is not sustainable, you know, because eventually you got to, at the end of the day, you still got to pass in the pocket. But another thing is I want to say is, you know, I keep hearing from a lot of outside circles from uh, coaches and executives, and all I'm hearing is a lot of these executives are not really high on Fields. You know, like I remember Cap been saying a long time, how Cap has talked, you know, Cap has a lot of clubs in the NFL, and he's talked to a lot of coaches around the league. Like, I think he said he mentioned he talked to a coach in Vegas and another AFC coach, and, and he asked him about Fields, and he said that he's not a guy you can win with. Like, the Bears have to move on from him. And when I hear that, it, it, it that answers your question already. You know, like, if guys on the outside league circles who are big executives are not are telling you, hey, your quarterback isn't the answer, 
well, that, that's that's all you need to hear. You know what I mean? That's that's that answers your question. When you hear from big time executives and coaches who have coached quarterbacks and who have known to develop, and they're telling you your quarterback isn't good enough. Then, I, then I, that's all I need to hear. I think you need to do your own internal evaluations, ultimately, Chase. And now, people who aren't in the building aren't going to know nearly as much. There does seem to be a split on fields where maybe executives don't like him as much. I think everybody likes Justin. I shouldn't put it that way. I mean, the player, like what he can achieve as a quarterback. Players seem to like him much more because they're closer to him and they see how hard he works and he's a good leader and they, they really respect him. And those are great traits. They are. But I think you ultimately you need to do your evaluation on the inside. I wouldn't just be listening to what others are saying about your guys. Uh, coming up next, we'll continue to talk about some of the candidates that are coming in. And now we have learned, according to Adam Schefter, that Cliff Kingsbury is on that list. I know there were some reports in the last 48 hours that uh, are linking Cliff Kingsbury to the vacant OC job in Vegas, York, with the Raiders. But uh, uh, Schefter says Cliff Kingsbury will interview for the Bears' OC job. It makes sense to at the very least talk to him about Caleb because he spent the year on the USC staff. So that does make sense. A couple other guys. So we've learned some new names today. We'll talk about that. Are the White Sox on the move and not to Nashville? we got to hit that story a little bit. That was front page news this morning. 312-332-3776. We're back in two minutes.